Hi, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. Today, we're going to talk about something that I learned uh, a lot about this week, which I find very disturbing, uh, I think, and that is vaping. Um, it's certainly been around for a while. A lot of people are doing it. It's popular. But I think what I found out was that a lot of kids are doing it and at very young ages and are becoming addicted and want to quit. And it's an issue in our schools and our communities. So I wanted to have Talisha Jones on today to talk about some of these issues. Talisha works for the town of Wallingford um, and works with youth. Uh, to try to help them when they find themselves in situations with vaping and other uh, substances that are controlling their lives. So, Talisha, thank you very much for joining us here on Real Talk. Thank you for having me. I couldn't believe it. Uh, you had told me that kids as young as nine years old are vaping. Yes, it, uh, I couldn't even believe it either that day that um, we did the interview is when I got my first case of a nine-year-old and I was like, oh, wow, this is getting serious. Where are the kids getting it or being turned on to this? Um, other peers, um, even older peers um, in school. It's um, mostly in school is where they're getting introduced to it into the, in the bathrooms. Um, kids are vaping in the bathrooms. Kids are vaping on the playground. They're um, passing it on to their students, to other students. Right, because I know Connecticut passed a law a few years ago that raised the age to 21. But let's be honest. I mean, when we were young, if you wanted cigarettes or alcohol and you weren't of age, you could still get it. So older people are buying it. Right. I would imagine most retailers are not selling to nine-year-olds, uh, but but those kids are getting it and it's happening in our schools. Right. I've heard that you can even get it online, um, sent to your house. You know, they have those warnings. Oh, you have to be 18 to get into uh, to have this sent to you. All a child has to do is just click that they're yes, they're 18 and they can get it sent directly to their house. How serious is the addiction? The addiction portion is very serious because um, kids are not being open with their parents about this because let's face it, they're kids. They're, they think they're gonna get in trouble for something, they're not gonna talk about it. So um, they're not being open about it and about open about what they're, that they're even, or even understand that they're addicted to it. You know, they think it is something they do and they're doing it all the time and they don't real, realize the repercussions of it and how dangerous it is for them. So they continue to do it and don't realize, but then when I have certain conversations with them and they come in, and I'm saying, it sounds like you might be addicted if you're smoking this many times a day and this many times a week, and it's really affecting you. And some of them will say, yes, I, I do want to quit, but I don't know how. I don't know who to turn to. I can't go to my parents. I can't talk to anybody. Who am I supposed to go to? And I mean, that is where I come in. We do offer a lot of intervention for it. And I can connect them with the very limited programs that we do have here in Connecticut, but that's a problem. We definitely do need more uh, resources for it because it's out there. So if parents may not know, because kids are not going to talk to their parents about that, the schools obviously know. Oh, I spoke to a parent this week whose 10-year-old daughter was in a bathroom in her school and twice within a matter of days uh, was asked to, you know, take a hit off of a vaping 
uh, pen or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the schools are aware of it. And she had mentioned to me that in her particular town, uh, they close the bathroom at some points of the day and kids can't go to the bathroom because they're concerned that, uh, you know, so many kids are going in there to vape. So if schools know what the issue is, aren't they, uh, what can they do about it? And what kind of responsibility do they have? Because they obviously are in the know. So, yeah, that mom was right. She actually is um, from Wallingford, that mom that you spoke to. So she's absolutely right about the schools. Um, and they do have they have monitors sitting outside of the bathroom. And if they if a, a student is in there a little bit too long, they do go in. They go in and they are cracking down. I'm not going to say that they're definitely not trying to do their part because I have probably, um, just in this year, I probably had about 40 plus cases of vaping um, sent from schools, sent from the police department in school. It's illegal, obviously. So the police have to get involved, but it's definitely, um, they are trying to crack down on it. And I know that they are. Well, let me ask you this as a parent and someone who went to uh, school board meetings and you know, has it ever been raised, uh, you know, the concerns and bringing that out uh, in front so everyone can talk about it? I mean, I don't think anyone's advocating that children should be arrested, uh, you know, but I think that it's an issue and that schools have to treat it as such. Well, they do. Uh, we have a program here called Alternative to Suspension. So basically, um, once a child is caught with a vaping device or vaping, they are suspended for 10 days. Um, In lieu of that, they have to attend my program, which my program is education, uh, legal ramifications, all they have to do a project, all of that to keep them and it'll reduce their suspension to five days. Um, So they are trying to get some intervention in with all the kids that are vaping. They do come to me. Uh, If you have cases where they've been caught more than once or twice, um, it does result in an arrest because it's illegal to have at school. And what are you going to do? I mean, you have to have to have some type of serious repercussion for them not to do it. I think the hard part, too, and you mentioned this, and I'm aware that the marketing for these products is so strong and it's really geared towards children. Um, A couple of years ago, I did a story about a manufacturer was making a sweatshirt and had tubing in the hoodie so that a kid could vape and uh, go undetected. You mentioned that there are other products that the girls, tell me about where where you're seeing some of these vaping products. Yes, um, we call it hidden in plain sight because um, these kids, they have these devices, they look like uh, hairbrushes. They look like cans of soda. They look like uh, lipstick. They look like mascara. They look like video game controllers. They look like everything that you would go into your child's room and not even suspect that it was a vape. So obviously, if people are making devices that can be hidden from parents, then it's definitely being marketed to children. Right. So parents may see these and never even suspect that that's what they are. Exactly. Wow. That's really scary. I think it's really unfortunate, you know, because we've come from um, a generation of smokers um, and tobacco. And I think a lot of the vaping was marketed, these e-cigarettes, as a way to quit smoking. Uh, But it appears that what we've really done is traded in one addiction for another. Yes. And I don't think that uh, when I get students in here and we do the education on it, 
And, you know, they say, oh, well, I smoke a pot or two a day. One pot is a, equal to a, a whole pack of cigarettes. So if you're smoking two pots a day, you're smoking two entire packs of cigarettes. Yeah. It's That's dangerous. incredible. That's really disturbing. I'm sad yeah. about that. You know, I I watched my my mother pass away from lung cancer. She was a big smoker. And, you know, back then at the time when she was young, many people didn't know. Um, and there are still some who will say that vaping is not as bad as smoking cigarettes, but um, it's still a vice. It's still not healthy for you. And these kids with bubblegum flavor and other things like that, it's really geared at them. And I find that really sad. Yeah, definitely. Um, they say it tastes good. It smells good. They like the way, you know, it, it makes them feel. And then when they don't have it, they're getting angry. They're getting upset. It's affecting their per personality. It's affecting them, their um, behavior. Um, a lot of them are afraid of having it taken away. They're not worried about the repercussions of getting into trouble or getting suspended. They're worried about it being taken away because they're addicted to it. <laughs> yeah, I also spoke with a doctor this week who said there are, and they are seeing health consequences uh, from vaping, uh, breathing. They're having problem with stamina as far as playing sports. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, there's a real physical and psychological addiction to nicotine. Yes, definitely. Um, it, a lot of them, like I was telling you earlier this week, um, a lot of kids now, especially after COVID, are experiencing more anxiety, more depression, more, and it's something to make them feel good. And, you know, it's not just, unfortunately, not just nicotine that they're smoking, they're also vaping THC. And like the calming effects, self-medicating, just to make them feel better. So, um, but not realizing grades, their grades are plummeting. They talk to me about that all the time. Some of them that are in sports, they don't have that stamina anymore and have had to actually drop out of sports because they cannot participate anymore. It's definitely affecting them in ways they don't even realize. Talk to me more about the THC uh, situation. You know, uh, I think, you know, now that Connecticut has legalized marijuana and, you know, the state uh, wants to keep children away from it, but Again, mm -hmm. uh, it's out there. People are buying it. People mm -hmm. are selling it to younger people, giving it to younger people. So once the cat is out of the bag, I don't know how you put it back in. Yeah, because um, these students, um, they'll say to me, yeah, we understand that all they hear is it's legal. They don't hear that, well, it's legal if you're 21 and older. They hear, well, it's illegal now, so we can smoke it. This is what we can do. Um, so they're getting it. I don't, some of them have jobs. They say they buy it from friends or, you know, but they are getting it. And it's not always, it's not, it's not always apparent as to where they're getting it from. A lot of times they don't want to be honest about that part, but they are getting it. And I see probably more THC cases than I actually do nicotine at this time. Wow. And how, when did you start noticing that? Um, I started noticing that, uh, more this year. And I think it's because the schools have been cracking down more. I mean, it may have been going on before, but because they are cracking down more on it, it's coming in like every day. Every day I get cases um, of THC. So. so the reality is kids are in school and they are vaping, whether it's nicotine and in many cases, it's THC. So they're high in school all day. 
high in school. They come to school high. They're getting high in school. Um, I even had a student who um, I was actually re really seriously worried about his mental health. Um, the the, the um, symptoms that he was describing to me seemed like some type of psychosis, you know? And I'm like, these kids don't even know what they're getting themselves into by doing this, you know, not just the lungs, but mentally it can affect them. Right. So it seems like uh, schools are cracking down when people get caught. Um, it may be beneficial for them to maybe do a little bit more um, right. uh, proactively, but what can parents do? So a parent who has a child and may not even realize what's happening. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you help that? What advice do you have for parents? So I would definitely say, um, Susan, it's really hard sometimes with parents because when these students are getting caught, this is the number one thing I hear. And with almost every single student, well, it wasn't mine, it was a friend. And that's what they're telling their parents. And the parents are believing them. Oh, it's not my child. It, it, she said it belonged to a friend of hers. Okay. okay, if it's everybody's friends, then who is it? They're doing it. Somebody's doing it, you know? So um, I think that to, parents need to be more aware that these are teenagers. They're going to lie. They're going to manipulate. You have to be aware of that. Um, you also have to talk to your talk to your children, find out what's going on, go through their room. I know we don't like to invade our children's spaces, but it has to be done sometimes. And if you're suspecting things, they're having these devices in their room that you may not even know about. There are um, programs uh, around the state that I've seen and they can Google these that are um, called hidden in plain sight where they have like rooms set up and they'll have parents go in and try to look around to see if they can find these types of devices. Yeah. Learn some of those programs, see you know what's going on. Um, anything that you can't can find online, support groups or whatever. If your kids are maybe addicted, talk to them. You know, if you see a decline in their education and their grades, you know, there's something else going on there. Parents have to be more aware and get their kids help. Um, here at Youth and Social Services, I do education with them. They can bring them in even if they weren't referred. Bring them in. Let's do some education on it. See if there's a program that's in your town that offers the same thing if you have a youth and social services. Um, and I mean, there's counseling, therapy, anything that you can do to try to get your child help. If you suspect, if you think, I mean, talk to them. That's all you can really do. Is that what you're hearing? So I would imagine when you talk to students uh, and children who have been brought in or come to you, you have conversations with their parents. Are many of them in denial because their kids are telling them, well, it wasn't mine, I'm not doing it? Or are they honest when you're there with their parents? Those are the parents that don't want to bring their kids in that are in denial. You know, I'll talk to them and they're like, oh, I don't need to bring them in. It was their friends. They weren't doing it. You know, the, the ones that don't bring, but the ones that do bring their, 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 they're aware. They're very aware. And they'll talk to me and they'll say, well, I know that he does it or she does it. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but, you know, and I try to talk to them, but, you know, I need help. I'm not sure where to go, you know. And it is my job to point them into the direction of uh, resources for them. Like, but like I told you again, it's very limited. Very right. Limited. I keep hearing all the time that THC is not addictive. I'm, I'm not convinced 
necessarily of that because I know know a lot of youth who do it all the time. And if they don't do it, you know, they feel like they're going through some kind of withdrawal and get depressed. But I know that nicotine is extremely addicting. And I know people who try to quit as adults and uh, and fail. And it's a lifelong struggle. Uh, so this is really uh, the start of something very bad. Definitely. I have um, teens and children come in and say that they um, they are addicted to nicotine. They want to quit desperately. Um, and they just don't know where to go. They don't know how to. Um, I have teens and children come in and say they don't want to quit. It's not, they, they, they like the feeling that they get. They like how it makes them feel. They don't want to quit. Right. Because nowadays, I mean, you really can't smoke cigarettes, very, very few places. I mean, growing up, you could smoke everywhere here. You really can't. So this is a way to vape and use nicotine and other products Mm -hmm. anywhere. And one of the things that really disturbed me, I I interviewed a woman who has had a vaping store, and this was when they were talking about banning flavors, which is another uh, conversation. I know the federal government um, has limited some of those. There are some like 15,000 flavors, right? Connecticut has tried for many years and and has failed, right? They, They won't take up any bans on any flavors. But and I think that was the premise of the story. And the woman who owned the store told me that, um, you know, she used to be a smoker and this is a wonderful thing. And so, you know, now she's vaping and it's better. But I never saw her put that pen down in a period of like an hour. And I yeah, and that's what really made me think, like, I'm I'm not so sure that this is a better because with smoking, you smoke a cigarette, it goes out with you smoking a vape. You can do it for a long time. And I've seen that. So in some ways, I think it may be just as harmful or more. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I heard a student um, tell me one time that she uh, can't go 10 minutes without picking up her vape. Now, if you think about the amount of um, nicotine that you're getting in one cartridge and you're smoking two, three of those a day and you're smoking every 15 minutes, it has to definitely be doing more damage to you, way more than smoking a cigarette would. And they're just not aware. They're just not aware. Not aware. And I really think also the education and some of the um, uh, PSAs are not enough. You know, we see the traditional anti-smoking commercials and we see, you know, people much older. Right. And so young people are not going to identify with someone in their 50s or 60s who has a hole in their throat. And they, they're just not, right. you know, like I remember growing up and the big commercial was this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. It was like a frying pan. Right. <laughs> and, egg, yeah. and we're like, what is that? We're, we're not paying attention <laughs> that, you know, I think that we could as a state and a community and our communities do a better job uh, with some of these. And I think part of it is that we don't want to deal with it or, or realize and accept the fact that we have a serious problem here, which you really have highlighted. Definitely. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It's just that no one is realizing how much of a problem this is. It's not talked about enough. It's not put out there enough. It's just not. And not geared towards kids. Like you said, the marketing for for um, quitting, that's geared towards adults. Kids are not paying attention to that. Not. They're not watching television. You don't see any anti-smoking no. ads on 
on your phone, right? You just, you don't see it. So I think that needs to change. And I think what you had said earlier that, you know, just because you don't see something or it may not be obvious, but if you notice that your child is having some issues, uh, whether it be in school or sports or wherever, uh, you need to have those conversations. And yes, you have a right to to search their room. You're right. Nobody wants to, to do that, but you need to save your child at the same time. Right. Yes. And be aware of the, their company that they're keeping, mm-hmm. you know, be aware of the friends that they have, be aware, you know, and talk to other parents that of your friends, your fr- your children's pa- uh, friends, parents, talk to them too. You know, you got to have these conversations. Conversations is important. And not by that line. It's not mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Talisha, I want to thank you for joining us on Real Talk. I think we've had a lot of Real Talk. It's very unfortunate. I, I, I've suspected that this was the problem for a long time. And then this week learned, uh, you know, what was really going on inside our schools and parents I spoke to and doctors and yourself. And so I think we all have to do a better job at recognizing the problem and dealing with it and not pretending that it's not really an issue. Definitely. I agree. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again on Real Talk. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.